Dalton here with the Halfway Healthy Show. We'll keep this intro real short and sweet. We have some awesome sponsors you can check out in the description of the episode. It really is the best way to support the show and keep food on my kids' plates. So let's get right into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Halfway Healthy Show. Today is a special rendition of the show where we've got all three boys in the house. Me, Corey, Ziggy, we're all here ready to go. Corey, how are we doing this morning? Dad, it's so good to see you. Good to I'm see feeling you. good. I'm looking good. Let's get into it. You got family in town, eh? I do got family in town. Mom and dad are here. My real dad. You're my, That's right. you're the dad That's I chose. Let's right. get uh, jealous. Mom and dad are here. So uh, get to go see them, have some lunch with them after this. It's a good day. Beautiful, dude. Beautiful. Before we jump into the episode, quick announcement. So everybody knows that, uh, or you know, everybody who pays attention knows that we did the gut health season one for a while, and uh, in the in the intermission between season one and season two, we have decided to jump into weight loss. So season two is going to be all about weight loss, weight loss tips, fat loss hacks, diet stuff kind of debunking all the shit out there that's wrong or is kind of overinflated. And we're gonna be doing that for a while in typical halfway healthy fashion. Who knows how long we're gonna do that? You know, might be a month, might be two months if we're excited and everybody else wants us to do it. Could be forever. We don't know. But wow. you know, we're gonna we're gonna let it rip though. We'll start that uh, coming up this week. So look out for stuff on our on our socials, healthy birds org, basically everywhere that uh, that things are shown on the web, you can find us and we'll be, we'll be ripping through some, some weight loss advice and things. And at some point, like we've kind of teased in the past, Corey and I will also go through our specific weight loss stories and struggles and journeys and things that we're still doing. So excited for that. Absolutely. Healthybirds.org everywhere. The sun shines, baby. I like that. I like that. You were, you were way better at your, at your quick one liner than I was. Um, anything, anything to say about the, the fat loss, any, any little tidbits, things that uh, you want to tease before we jump into the episode? No, I mean, I, I think it's something I'm excited to talk about because it's something that you and I have both struggled quite a bit with. So I think that it's something that we can relate to maybe more so than some of the other topics that we talk about. You know, neither of us had severe crippling Crohn's disease or something when we're talking about gut health. So how much can we relate to it? But I think that weight loss will be good. We'll pull in a lot of personal stories, what worked for us and the 300 things that didn't work for us. Um, yeah. And just kind of talking about what's in research, what people are saying is false, what people are saying is true. It'll be good. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I've already got some things that we can, we can jump into a little bit uh, today after the, the patient stories. Cause I, God damn, I hope you have one. You're back at work. You're a working man. Dude, back I'm back five. just beating up my patients. It's good. Dude. Life's good. The stay-at-home husband and wife wasn't for you. You made it a couple weeks. Now you're out of it. So I, I will. I you don't know. You maybe that, that might that might have been for me. I don't know. Maybe it suited get, me. Uh, yeah, maybe you need to get like a, a what's a good what's a good stay-at-home husband job? Besides, like you could be you could start raising exotic animals maybe and selling them on the market. I like that. that. Something that you just raise like you, you you raise ligers in your house and and you have oh, to be there shit. to feed them and train them and them in the gym and and you can then sell them after for a high price you know what they got a they got a lot of armadillo out here 
little armadillos and it's kind of sad because they're just all over the side of the road they just run out into the road and then their oh, yeah. bloated bodies are sitting out on the side of the road so maybe i could just start rescuing armadillos have a little armadillo sanctuary i like that they're blind and dumb dude I, the armadillos are we have them out here too not in, in certain, certain parts we have quite a bit but yeah they're, they're fucking dumb um ziggy will you will you look up uh what's a liger cup go for on the market just curious what we could uh we could find a, a good a good lighter, lighter maybe price could if you find started. Like I mean, we have to get you started somewhere. Yeah, something 20 bucks on Craigslist, maybe. When's the last time you <laughs> looked at Craigslist for anything? That won't be a lighter, dude. I promise you that. Um, <laughs> it's a hit, man. I actually, that's so funny you mentioned that. This would be a tangent, but that's what we do. Um, have you seen the show Jury Duty? No. Such a good show. It's on Amazon. Um, I just watched it randomly at a, uh, at a bachelor party. We were just all chilling at, at the end of the day, and, and, uh, somebody was playing the jury duty show highly recommend. So it's basically without giving too much away. They, the reason I thought about this, cause you brought up Craigslist. They put out a Craigslist ask at, well, Craigslist ad, <laughs> I'll get there. And they What's said that basically audition for being in a documentary style version of what is a jury duty court case look like. And so what they did is they, they hired one person basically as the documentary person to be in the jury duty. And then they, the rest of the people in the, in the case, the court, the, the judge, everybody else in the jury duty, the actual plaintiff, the guy who was accused, the uh, lawyers, all of them are all paid actors, except for the one guy who thought he was in a documentary. And so Interesting. Okay. it's so good, dude. So good. And is so, it a comedy? Is it, what is yes, it? Yes. Yes. So basically okay. it is the, is the craziest version of what you would imagine jury duty is going to be like, like they have, every person is playing this character to the extreme. Like there's one guy who just loves tech tech, uh, like just technology stuff. So he makes these insane inventions and just like wears them and it's completely absurd. And then there's other people who are just like very, very, kind of dominant for like they want they want power so they want all these roles that jury duty has and they don't get them and so they're kind of fighting back and forth there's like a weird love story going on within them but it's, it's all completely made up right and they're all it's all sort of manufactured around this one guy who is the the documentary person who's supposed to be in there who has no idea everybody else is a paid actor right. and so the and the way they got them is just by putting out a craigslist ad which i didn't even know they did that for actors or people who wanted to be in a documentary. Is that a Strange. big market? Like people putting like, Hey, we need somebody for jury duty on Craigslist. I well, thought no, that was a pretty formal thing. Well, jury duty is you actually get, you have to oh, get it's, the okay, formal no, letter for the documentary. Yeah. It's just documentary. So they were like, Hey, if you want to be in this documentary to explain sort of what jury duty is, what are the ins and outs? And they got one guy to do it. And the rest were just paid actors. Very, very good show. It's short. Was it about eight episodes? Eight. Yeah, I think it's like eight, but that guy, he's so wholesome and he's, he's gotten really famous. I saw a, a pic last night with him on a uh, date with like Jennifer Lawrence. Oh my God, uh, yeah, he is hilarious. living large now. Yeah, so the, the one guy that they chose, absolutely perfect. I don't give anything away, but just he's like the most wholesome person who just kind of went with the flow and everything was so crazy. He was just super down to earth. And even when people say some fucked up shit, he'd be like, hey, it's okay, maybe you have a rough day. And like they would just kind of like bounce around and he just, he didn't get it because he was just so nice and just trying Believed to like, make everybody best, happy. Yeah, yeah exactly. He just everything. He, and he even said at one point, he was like, this feels like it's a reality TV. Yeah. Show. He said a couple times. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. But it, 
highly recommend. It's quick. Great I think it's like 25 minutes long. So, so the so. first season's just about one guy. It's not a different person every single There's, episode. No, no, no. It's only one season. And that's the, yeah, so about the one Interesting. Guy. I'll look yeah. into it. Okay. How do we bring let's, this back? Well, we just got to jump right into our patient stories. How All right, let's do it. Episodes, baby. So I'll start mm-hmm. with mine. And then I, I would love to hear because I've, I've, you know, to be fair, I've not worked in the, in the hospital setting as much. And so I'm curious, I'm sure you see some, some crazy stuff because uh, it's even a step before we do in home health. So interested to kind of hear what your stories are, what you've come across over the last week. But my story is, goes back to what we've talked about before with um, just the polarity of uh, blatant racism in the elderly population because, my God, it's here, it's among us. And, um, you know, where I'm at, I'm in the South, in the dirty South. So we've got some people who kind of live in the old ways, right? But it's just funny because the other day I'm with a patient and her mom was there, which puts her probably, you know, her low 80s. The patient was a little younger than the typical patient that I see in her early 80s. And just to give some context, this was during the very beginning of the College World Series and they're big baseball fans. So they were watching Little League? Yes. No, the College World Series. They were watching, they were watching the College that. World Series. But they do. Okay. And so she walked in right as I was getting things ready for the, you know, for the treatment. She walks in and it was a, uh, some, some game where Arkansas got absolutely slapped, like just dominated, like 13 to two or something. Maybe tensions were high. I don't know. But she walked in. First thing she said, you know, I'm not prejudiced, but. Bad start, but go ahead. And then, you know, yeah. Then you just kind of sit back and you're like, go on. Go on. Please. Yeah, Please feed, say it. Feed me because I know whatever you say is about to be really racist. But come on. So this is what she said verbatim. She goes, now I'm not prejudiced, but um, TCU has a black and he has long hair. And when he has his helmet on, he looks like an alley cat. Ha- like, Wait, hold on. Did you say uh, has a black? Yes. That's, how, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just said, and then when he, and, I, and I was like, uh, she said, and then when he gets up there, he does all this shaking, like he's the king. And I was like, what do you mean? She just, I, she was saying like he like was like showboating. And I said, is it good? And she was like, oh yeah, he hit like four homers, just 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 destroyed Arkansas. And I was like, so he, right. so he is the king. He is the king. Yeah, I mean, he sounds yeah, like okay. he has the right to do. It, but it was just, right. but <laughs> just I mean, it, oh my we God. talked about before, just like the, just the sheer like outright no filter yeah and just very racist i mean whenever she said that i was like oh okay well and and i will uh, of course i won't lie but not the first thing that she said so i kind of expected something to come out that was not very uh uh very quaint very nice yeah but, uh, but yes that's what she said and yeah whenever you refer to people as uh just a black you're like okay this is not going to be not going to be a good conversation that we're about to yeah, this. like it's like not human or something it's it's sad it's yeah, so I, sad. Uh, so sad. anytime a patient says something starts off with, now I don't mean to be rude or I'm not a racist or now I don't want to offend anyone. That's when I'm like, yeah, please yeah. entertain I me. One. I had another one too, like probably six months ago and I won't say, obviously I won't say it, but she, she was saying like, now I'm not racist, but in California, the traffic's bad because of, and then she, she said half of a slur and then she goes, oh. I almost said, and then just said the full slur. And she was like, well, and then she moved on. I was like, all right, well, 
<laughs> you kind of, you stopped yourself, you caught it, and then you were like, oh man, I almost said, and then just said it. It's like, well, kind of defeats the purpose of uh, censoring yourself there. Man, I almost said that I wanted to hold you down and kiss you on the bed. <laughs> Good thing I didn't. Yeah, I was thinking it though. Yeah, I, I don't know. People say the most wild things, and I just don't understand how at 80, she hasn't been killed yet. Someone hasn't just killed her, you know, because you can, you can't really get away with saying bad things anymore. Not that you should or not that like it was okay to say it before, but like you really just can't get away with it anymore. Well, I think here's the deal though. This is just where my mind goes whenever you said like she, she, you think she would have been like reprimanded or something happened already. Honestly, a lot of the people who are still in that, and I won't say everybody, of course, but a lot of people are in like maybe a little higher status and they hang around in groups of people who are probably hold the same values and views. So they don't, they probably don't get the, uh, the attack from those people closest to them because maybe they feel the same way or they have, they probably honestly get like support or like, you know, from those around them. They're like, Oh, I couldn't agree more. And when you think about it too, we think of things as being, you know, cancel culture or like getting attacked very easily and quickly online. Whereas these people in their 70s and 80s, 60s, 50s even, they're not online. So they don't have that sort of, they don't have that reach. They don't get caught saying something at their house or caught saying something on a, on a video because they're racist and it just spilled out, right? Like it just doesn't come out because they're just secluded in their own homes and they continue to feed that fire of being, you know, prejudiced. And it's just, I just don't think that that's, I think that will, well, I don't think I, I hope, I guess, that that sort of continue to phase out, right? As as people, as the the older generation leaves and the new one gets older, like I hope that stuff continues to phase out. But as they leave, as they leave, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's right. such a nice way to put it. You know, as where, they where all they fucking, I don't know. Yeah. they're leaving. As they all leaving. descend into the ground, things will be better. Now, I don't know. I hope no one ever comes at us for any type of racism because I feel like I can speak for you in this situation. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But we don't care if you're white, black green, turquoise, tickle me pink, macaroni and cheese, yellow. We're just going to fucking make fun of you. And that's the way it is. If you do something dumb, we're going to let you know. And uh, it has nothing to do with race, gender, or anything like that. So, I don't know. I think think everybody's moving that direction. Dude, healthy birds or racism does not get the healthy bird stamp of approval. (laughs) We'll say that. Yeah, yeah. We need to get a bad stamp. I, uh, I will say that I am, I haven't had anything yet. I've only been, you know, patient facing for maybe like three days or something like that. So I don't have a lot of experience to go on. I do have a couple stories to talk about, but I am certainly in a different area of the world. You know, there's a lot more, um, cultures around and things like that. So I know I'm going to run into it. And just the South being the South and the stories that you hear and the stories you've told me, I'm sure I'm going to come across it. So I'll bring it up, but nothing so far. Everyone's been Dude, you were, very, you were in nice. the, you were in the, how can I say this? You're in the, I, uh, I don't want to be racist, but how can I say this? Well, I was going to say you're in like the, the rich, the rich white golf capital of the world. Right. So like, isn't P, cause PGA, what's, what's the, uh, what's the golf? Masters. Yeah, Masters. So, like, the Masters is held there every year, right? Yeah. And Augusta. Augusta, right. So, um, so, I don't know. And also, I don't know shit about golf. But um, I do know that it was apparently a big culture move recently for the PGA to partner up with Liv. Pretty, good, pretty cool. Liv. Pretty cool. 
Liv is the saying knows more about this than I do, but it's basically like a Saudi, the Saudi. Yeah, it's like Saudi backed, uh, pretty much golf. Uh, well, it's so know, it's it's, it's like PGA, but you know, not. Yeah, and it's over. It's over in the. I think they play in the UAE, maybe, or like over in that in that area. But it they're basically taking people from the PGA, paying them a fuck ton of money, hundreds of millions, to come play for a season, which was more than they were making it in the PGA, and. And the PGA is extremely strict in a lot of their rules. Like, you can't wear shorts, even if it's fucking 120 degrees. And at Live, they were like, come on, wear shorts. We don't care. Oh, they started, like, kicking players out for signing deals and stuff. And then a year later, uh, they just merged. Yeah. So all these people that kind of took a stance to, you know, stand against. The biggest piece of it was, I think, PGA was like, you know, the Saudis are, you know, don't let women have rights. And, you know, they, they didn't stand on a lot of moral grounds so they were kind of pushing back but now they're merging and uh everybody that tried to take a take a stance didn't get paid is it a merge or is it an acquisition no it's a merge yeah and okay i think the, the big thing too is that what i i, I know for myself i'd be like well, fuck, i'm gonna go play for live they were they were just having more fun golf yeah. you know, can get pretty boring and you look over at the live the live games you're like holy shit these guys are partying they're having a good time oh they're paying guys hundreds of millions of dollars to just show up you didn't even have to win. Yeah. That Crazy. Was a big deal. And they have so much yeah. money over there, of course. It's, a lot of it may be dirty money. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody. I don't know. But Racist. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, For two people that don't know shit about golf, we, we certainly are staying on this topic. But they do have like a, a course. I don't remember what it's called. But apparently the women's PGA gets played at it. And it's like four minutes from my house. So everyone that's moved here has told me, you know, they say, oh, where are you living? I tell them Evans. They say, what part? I tell them. And then they're like, oh, you need to rent your house out for masters. And they're like, apparently you can make like 25 grand for a week renting out your house. Like people will pay an insane amount of money just to come and watch and be close to the courses and stuff. So I don't know. Well, I'll let you know next year. Sounds like you got a little side gig to, to fund your stay at home husband. I also did find out though that at my job, people have already requested the days off because every apparently everybody does it. So everyone yeah. closer because I work in Augusta, so all those people are already requesting off to do the same thing. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll just go get a hotel or something. I mean, I'm yeah, sure that would be expensive. Home. But... Go back home for a week. Yeah, but hotels are not cheap. Just fly back oh, home go home. Or go to Arkansas. Yeah. You can come here, baby. We got a spot for you. Home is where the heart is. That's right. That's right. What do you got for um, us this week? You got stories? So. Yeah. I, now you mentioned that you hadn't spent a lot of time in the hospital setting, but you did work in a like kind of an inpatient acute type where you were doing a little bit of outpatient too, if I recall. Is that true? Yeah. So it wasn't, I think, you know, whatever classification you want to make, it was basically, they considered it acute because I went to the ICU floor twice, but then the rest of it was just truly outpatient. So I never really had an acute rotation in the hospital setting. The only other one I had was my, one of my longer ones was in rehab, which people that don't know, is kind of like the step between the hospital and going home. So people were doing a little bit better. They get a lot more therapy. So like truly I haven't been in the hospital setting. I've floated, I've been in and, and you know, whatever I was doing all the hours and stuff, I've sort of supervised or that's not the word, you know what I'm saying? What's the word? Whenever it's shadowed. Really like shadow, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of supervised shadow, shadow to shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I couldn't think of shadow, so I said supervised, and I was like, well, wait a second. I just walked in there and I was like, here's how we're doing shit around this hospital. 
You're the opposite of a super supervisor when you're right. shadowing. Exactly. You just sit in the corner and don't talk to anybody. We have a lot of students and like not even students, like high schoolers that come and do volunteer there. Dude, they're so awkward. They don't even know how to put together a, a sentence. It's so sad. I have more um, on that. But anyways, that and later. just to give people, yeah, to give people some context also. So from the hospital, you're not ready to go home, whether you don't have the support or something, you can go to rehab, which is usually a fairly short stay, you know, one or two weeks, something like that. But in order to qualify, you have to be able to tolerate three hours of therapy a day. And so if somebody's really weak, then they don't qualify for that. They would have to go to what's called like a subacute setting. So like a skilled nursing facility, a nursing home type of a, of a setting, if you can't tolerate that much. Thank you, Momentus, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Momentus specializes in sports nutrition products designed to optimize your active life. They are trusted by experts like Dr. Andrew Huberman, Dr. Kelly Starrett, and over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. Momentus takes pride in having the highest quality ingredients that are backed by rock-solid science. Still questioning their track record? Let me set it straight for you. Over 72% of NFL teams consistently purchase products from Momentus. When you're ready to grab some of the highest quality products on the market, go to livemomentous.com and use code DALTON15 at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Again, that's livemomentous.com and use the code DALTON15 at checkout to get 15% off. Thanks again for Momentous for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode is also sponsored by Neurogum. If you're tired of ripping through pot after pot of coffee, then you need to check out Neurogum. They have a range of gum and mints, so you can choose the flavor of your liking from classic peppermint to honey lemon and cinnamon. They come packed with caffeine, B vitamins, and my favorite, L-theanine. The theanine is a natural way to decrease those negative side effects that we get from drinking too much coffee, like jitters and anxiety. I notice whenever I use Neurogum while I work, I get a little boost of energy and focus that's even better than coffee, which is saying a lot because Papa is a coffee addict. The best part is they offer a full refund, no questions asked, if you aren't completely happy with your purchase. Right now, exclusively for halfway healthy listeners, you can get 15 to 20% off their bags of gum or mints. If you just head on over to tryneurogum.com slash Dalton, that's tryneurogum.com slash Dalton, D-A-L-T-O-N, to claim your 15 to 20% off. Thank you, Neurogum, for sponsoring this episode. Anyways, just wanted talking about the the acute setting. So that's where I am. I'm in the hospital. I have my patients for like less than 24 hours on average, it seems like so far. So I'm doing a lot of, um, I'm working like the later shift because I'm doing four tens. So I'm going to be covering later. So my role is going to be staying later. And anybody who had surgery that day, whether it's a back surgery, knee surgery, hip surgery, replacements, revisions, whatever, I go and I see them after their surgery, after they're out of the, um, what's the, is it PACU, like the post anesthetic care unit, um, after they're out of the PACU and in their room, I go and see them and I get them up same day, basically, um, which we already knew happened, like being in our practice, we understand that that happens, but it's pretty crazy seeing these individuals when they're like still loopy on anesthetic and getting them up and moving around. It's kind of fun. Um, my patient story though, I had a patient and I don't remember what her diagnosis was, but she was fine. Like, I don't, I don't know why she was in the hospital and 
my story revolves around individuals who take their inpatient stays and treat them like they're at a resort because nothing gets under my skin more than that. This lady, I watched her, I go in and she's like, I can't get up yet. I need some orange juice. And I'm like, okay, whatever. We'll get you some orange juice, you know? So I, I buzzed over to one of the nurses and they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll bring some in. She came in with three orange juices for this lady. And I'm thinking like, okay, that's overkill for sure. And I watched this lady chug <laughs> all three orange juices straight. Mm-mm-mm. One was down, put it down, grabbed the next one, sucked all three down immediately. And she's like, do you mind if I have another one before we go? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's just do this thing. I'll, I'll grab you 18 before yeah. I leave. Like, that's fine. Do what you got to do. But it's for her, it was like, this is a chance for me to come and drink as much orange juice as I possibly can. And she was completely independent, but things like, Hey, how are you getting to the bathroom while you're here? Oh, I'm just, I'm going into my pants. And I'm just having someone change me. And it's like, okay, well let's practice getting to the bathroom throws the sheets off, unplugs her stuff, gets to the edge of the bed, stands up, good balance, no assistive device, walks into the bathroom, manages her clothes, sits down, gets back up. So I was like, well, why, why aren't you doing this? And there's, she was like, oh, there's just, there's just people here that change me. That's just what they do. Right. <clears throat> and I mean, obviously from a physical therapy standpoint, we are trying to promote activity and independence and get them to their next place. Right. So there's nothing more that aggravates me than someone that just wants to sit around and get meals and drink orange juice and poop their pants. Yeah, just, you just reminded me whenever I was in rehab, I had a lady once that I went and grabbed from, from her room and she was one that was doing quite well. It wasn't walking with a walker even, which is pretty rare in rehab. I walked with her down to the gym. We were doing our workout. Everything was going great. We were standing at the little parallel bars, doing some kicks and things. She was doing amazing. And before we had to go back, I said, Hey, do you want to do you want to run to the restroom real quick before we go back to your room? And she looked me in the eyes and goes, oh, I just went. I was like, what do you, what? I'm, I'm actually going right like, now. What do, you, what do you mean? She's like, well, I just went, I'm, you know, they, they put you in defense. Like, I, yeah, I, I know that, but the, the bathroom is 10 feet from us. And she, like, she just pissed herself. Like just staying there with me while I we were working mentioned that she had no. to go. Nope. Nope. Not at all. She was just like, I just went already. I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, freedom. But like you said, I think it, the thing is, is they, they know that they can just get back to the room and they're like, um, I soiled myself. You mind, uh, mind changing me? I think it's just like that pamper, little pamper, you know, lifestyle. Like, yeah. It's like they want somebody. It's just, it's like their little time. It's, it's, you know, the help that's around, right? Business. They're just going to do everything for you. So I remember when, as an adult, I was at a pool once and I was drinking heavily just drinking my ass off and I was with family. I was with friends, you know, I'm like, I, I've got to go piss before I don't have a choice. And they're like, dude, just go in the pool. I've already peed twice in here. And like, I can't even bring myself to like pee in a pool. Like I, I couldn't, I was trying and I couldn't make it happen. I'm like, no, nah, this isn't going to happen. Let alone just like pissing in a diaper when I'm completely continent going back to a room and saying, Get me, I, I, you got okay. I wipe me up. I need, I need a new dye dye. It's just, I, it's, it's, yeah, it's just it silly. Is. It's, it's that you said pampered. It's like entitled is what well, I feel like. That's, like they're entitled. Well, I'm in the hospital, so I'm entitled to dude, like so shit my pants. Yeah, I guess you I literally know. just, just cued segue right over into what I was going to say. So I have 
you said entitled and it reminded me of a patient recently. It just, it just gets under my skin because I know people are like this. And it's just one of those things that just reminds me of, obviously with my patients, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta treat the best you can, no matter who they are, not judging this person and changing the way I treat, obviously, but just the way that I interact with these people just makes me really want to hone in on, like surround yourself with people that you want to be like. And if people are very negative or entitled, you want to get away from those people because it's just as, just toxic and it just leads to poor behavior for yourself. But I had a lady the other day that um, talked about entitled. She had just moved from moved from California, I think, you know, done very well in her life, um, but wanted to get back into work over here. And during the first visit, one of the one of the things that she said to me as we were doing a walk, she said, yeah, in with my resume, I just, I don't get it. She said, people should be clawing to get me. And nobody's, nobody's reached out. Nobody's, I've applied, nobody's even given me a call back, but they should be clawing to get me. Like they, and like they, it's just like the way she said it was just like, oh yeah, they're, they're turning me down, but they need me. Like, I don't know. I'm better and, than and it was like, every it was one of those situations where it was like, she applied to a few, but she was just like, you know, they should be coming to me. Like, have they seen my resume? Like they should need to be coming to me. Like I have been in all these different sectors and blah, 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 blah. And it was just, the whole time I was just thinking, man, like just having that mindset, I just can't, I can't imagine just the way you walk around life and, and handle each individual interaction whenever you like, you just feel like everything should come to you because, you know, you're, you're, you know, one. Yeah, you go into any social interaction with like this expectation that you will be catered to or, or whatever yeah. or respected, which that's like just not how it is anymore. You know, like I feel like respect maybe 50 years ago was an expectation and like you respected people that were older than you and that's that. And I feel like we're going much more into a society where you're respected for your actions and now that we still have the intermingling of those two groups and those two mindsets, that's where we're having a lot of that. You know, there's, there's a division between the two. There's a disparity where it's like, well, you should respect me. And then the other side's like, you've done nothing to earn any respect. So why, why should I do that? And I know they say, I, I got to ask, how old was your patient? Um, she was in her early sixties. Okay. Not terrible. And I know that there's all those clause, you know, in when you're signing up for a job, it's like, you can't, like your sexual orientation, your gender, your age, like you can't be, you can't be fired or like not chosen because of these things. But if you have a hungry 25 year old that can do a job and you, then you have a 63 year old that's going for the same job. It's like and that, that hungry 25 year old. Who's, can, who's a better candidate? You can pay that hungry 25 year old half of what you pay the 60 year old. But and it's, yeah. And yeah. And have some longevity sure. in that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Um, quick tangent because I can't, I couldn't help but stare at your uh, Oculus while you were talking. Um, I think we need, we need to still look into if there's a way that we can do an Oculus podcast or like a podcast in VR. And then two years from now, we're yeah. going to sit on the couch talking to each other in VR. And then our audience just hanging out on the couch in front of us or whatever. I think there's a way to do that. It's some, we're in the new Apple. Well, they have a lot of, yeah, they have a lot of that technology coming out with the Quest 3 that I believe is coming out this year. I could be mistaken. Ziggy, would you mind looking up to see when the release date of the Oculus Quest 3 is? Um, and they've already mentioned things like these virtual meetings mm. and like they have a lot of updated like video calling and like FaceTime type stuff. That's great. Well, I, I, so, yeah, interesting. I would love I've to told do you it. in the past, 
I just, there's something about this interaction between me and a screen with one of my best friends on the other end. It's just weird. It's just not, yeah, dude, it's you, man. Don't make it awkward, okay? So it's just having this interaction, there's just not, it's not normal. And I've gotten, it's gotten a little easier as we do it more, but it's just not the same. And I've been in some VR headsets, the Quest 2 in particular, and it's not perfect, but it's pretty damn good. For people who haven't, I highly recommend hopping into one of these Quest things and just seeing. What's a few more months speculated for uh, September this year. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, that's what... That's what the release was for for this one, but it was two years what, ago when, or three years ago. When it ago, drops, what is it? Four hundred bucks. Uh, I think you said about four ninety nine. So oh, okay. not bad at all. Yeah. So it's about I mean cost of a Xbox and cheaper than a PlayStation. Wasn't the Quest a little cheaper though? Wasn't it like two fifty three hundred the Quest two? Um, like I think I got it for three. But I. But some I, of the and of course you know we talked about the Apple Vision Pro um, in the past. Actually, I don't know if that episode's come out, but um, either way. We've, we've talked about it and it's just, yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing what you can do and, and how you can feel like you're in the same room with people. And I think it will make certain forms of media better, like podcasting, I think will be a lot more fun. And especially if people can yeah. go sit in on your favorite podcast and watch it in real time, you know, or what feels like real time, you're sitting there next to them and they have their, I don't know how good the avatars will look, but whatever, you know, I'm sure there will be a lot of stuff that comes out in the next decade. Um, but yeah, I have a, an interesting segue to go based off of this because it seems like every year there's more and more technology where you just never have to leave your house. You know, jobs are remote now. You order your groceries. You talk to your family on the, the Apple Vision or whatever it's called, your Oculus Quest, and you just never have to leave your house. So I actually did stumble uh, across another uh, research article by our favorite university, BYU, BYU Tigers. <laughs> and uh, I want to talk about it because I don't know if I agree with it or maybe I'm just, I don't want to agree with it because it's rather upsetting to me. So season two, weight loss, we're jumping into it. And so this was something that was interesting that I came across was the 10,000 steps thing, right? That's been super popular, maybe in the last, like, I don't know, what, five years, maybe? Longer than that. People get their 10,000 steps. I remember, I remember when our Fitbits came out back in 2010 or 11. I'm actually working on a, a write up for oh, this damn. Year, but in like 2010, 2011, I feel like Fitbit started to pop and they started doing competitions. And then that 10,000 step thing kind of started to surface around, I think, I would say roughly 2012. Yeah, I guess. I didn't even think they were around that long. That's kind of crazy. But so the 10,000 step thing, what BYU was researching was, does getting 10,000 steps have any correlation with weight loss? And before I get into it, the conclusion, like basically the top of this article I was reading was basically saying getting these steps has no link to losing weight. I actually, I'll let let you get to what you want to say, but I literally recently we're on the same wavelength today baby we're like segueing each other without even we're, we're not even together people this is just this is chemistry but they uh yeah this is chemistry i have uh once you talk about this i actually researched re- recently about the 10,000 step thing so uh, i have something to add to this okay yeah cool let's uh you, you know like have you seen any of black mirror the tv I show heard, i heard season six sucks I haven't seen it but uh I'm talking about a specific episode that came out that was a bit racy a couple years ago where like the two buddies are like playing their game. They like just hook it up to their, to the side of their head and they're like two just guy friends 
that have families and wives and stuff and they go into this game and they're playing the game and then they can change their avatar and then slowly they're like at as their avatar they like fall in love with the other person and then so like they start going into the game to like hook up with each other but it was just like two buddies and Mm. it was just it was kind of a weird episode um you know, you said, like, we're connected, we're on the same wavelength. As soon as that Quest 3 comes out, that's me and you, we're baby. Into it, baby. We're going to be making out in the metaverse. We're going to be playing chess. It's going to immediately lead to us just pushing the pawns over and making out over the board. Dude, throw a pawn right in my urethra. <laughs> Let's get it going. It's sounding. Um, <laughs> exactly. So uh, so what BYU did is they analyzed uh, 120 females only, which is interesting, has its implications in itself. Um, freshmen, so 120 freshmen on campus, they were either assigned 10,000, 12,500, or 15,000 steps. And wow. they had to get those six days a week. And the study does say that they tracked calorie intake, but it has no mention of like there was a limit placed or, you know, they ha- were on like a diet specified by, um, by the research or anything like that. So that already brings up questions in my mind. So like, okay, are some people just eating 5,000 calories and they're not gaining weight because yeah, 10,000 steps isn't going to do it for you. Either way, you know, obviously there's some questions to be asked about the research. Um, what they found was that students on average, the 120 females after their first year of classes, so two semesters, they gained an average of three and a half pounds. I think it's pretty safe to assume that most freshmen gain more, far more than that. You're out of high school. Your metabolism isn't the same. You're not playing organ- as many organized sports anymore. You're sitting down for much longer. You're, most people are working now, so they have you know jobs where they're sitting. So again, lots of questions. But before you get into what you want to say, I just I read this article and it scares me because sometimes this is what people are getting out of the house for. They have so many resources that they can do and accomplish everything in their house on their couch. So they're already not getting out. And now they're reading an article that's like, oh, well, my 10,000 steps isn't even helping me lose weight. So I'm just not even going to do that anymore. So it's it, that's like crushing some people's only form of physical activity. And you can't tell me that physical activity doesn't have any. Yeah, you may not be losing weight based on your other nutritional habits or your lifestyle, but getting out and getting that physical activity is good for you more than just weight loss. It's good for your emotional health, your mental health. It's good for your physical health. So I don't know. I just, I, it's one of those things you you've said before you see an article that says, if you have knee pain, here's five things you don't do. Now are people going to read this article and say, Oh, well, I guess I'm just going to stop going on walks because it doesn't help. Yeah. So first thing I would, I think to make this study even better, they should have compared those, you said 120, they should have compared those 120 females to a group of 120 females that did not have a walking program or whatever, any sort of program that was in the study and compared a control control group, group because as you said, I, I have a lot to say about this article because not having read it, just listening to you, you know, I think for one, that would have made it a lot better Two, I think you have to obviously look at the side of saying, okay, well, what would these girls, if they gained three pounds, what would these girls have gained if they didn't walk 10, 12, 15,000 steps? Um, And, you know, what I was thinking about as you were explaining that study is, you know, whenever you go, everybody's talking about the freshman 15. And I think that there's a lot of reasons why that happens. You know, a big one is 
you come from a house where your family cooks your meals or the school has your meals and now you get thrown into the real world where you've got to figure it out for yourself. So you're eating ramen, box mac and cheese. You're going to the cafeteria three times a day to get food. Uh, you go to the cafeteria where they're like, hey, if you want fries every day, I can go for it. You know, you, can, you have whatever you want. You're an adult, right? So people just make worse food decisions, I feel like, whenever they're freshmen. And so that I feel like is just, I, I would assume if, I, if, if you were to create that study and have the control group not have walked and then the other group have, having walked, I bet you the control group would have gained more weight. Now, saying that though, there's a few things that are maybe sort of controversial to what to what you might like want the outcome to be, I guess, which is what I've been reading recently, which makes a lot of sense to me, is a lot of times just by increasing your activity, just by going to lift weights, just by walking more, doesn't mean that you're going to lose weight. And the reason that is, is because everybody knows whenever they get on a workout program, they start walking more, they start jogging, they go to the gym and lift weights a couple days a week, you're hungrier. Your body craves that food to be able to build back what you've worked down. If you're physically active, you're burning more calories, so your body's trying to stay at that maintenance level, so you just eat more. And that's just, that's just natural. So it happens. If you don't very closely monitor your calories, at least understanding generally what you're eating, you're probably not going to lose weight. Just by getting out and walking alone, you're probably not going to lose weight. You might if you're able to keep your calorie about the same. But for a lot of people, when they start exercising, they get hungrier. I know for myself, especially running, if I start running and do mile a day, a couple miles and you know, 10 miles a week or whatever, I am ravenous, even more than I am normally. I just eat so much. And so I think people should keep that in mind. The food matters, of course. We know this outside just the exercise. But um, yeah, and it's well, no, I was just, just going to say on the on the other side of that is just that the the other thing I was going to say is a little controversial to what you think. Recently, I've also come across that what they found is that for the majority of people, you actually see those benefits from walking happen at that six to eight thousand mark versus the 10,000. And it's not saying 10,000 is bad, but it's saying that the majority of the benefits you're going to get if you hit that six to 8,000 mark. And then you're going to keep getting benefits, but they kind of taper off. They sort of start to level and it's just a gradual improvement, right? So for some people that could be upsetting because they're like, well, I think I need to be walking more. I should be getting 10,000 steps. Fantastic. But on the other side, I think that's very enlightening for people because they can say, holy shit, 10,000 felt unachievable, or I'm walking barely 2000. How, how am I supposed to jump that 8,000 step gap? Well, don't try to shoot for, if you're at two, go to four, if you're at four, go to five, five, go to six. But just, if you can kind of shoot in that five to 6,000 step range, or sorry, six to 8,000 step range, you're going to be right. doing good. You're going to be doing very well. You're going to get a lot of those walking benefits. And then certain days you can get more awesome. But again, I think that's more achievable and it just be a little less daunting for people. So I've sort of heard recently things that back up that, hey, the step count may not be uh, all that it's sort of chalked up to be. And that 10,000 step number, completely made up, completely made up. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a, a very nice number. People can shoot for, hey, did you get your 10K steps today? And they can- It was just a challenge, exactly, yeah. Exactly, but it just kind of became the norm where everybody was like, oh, I have to get my 10,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that I mean, everything that you've said, I think we can agree that exercise alone is never going to be 
the most efficient way to lose weight or to get healthier. I mean, walking alone isn't going to do it for you. There's so much more that comes into account, you know, with your stress levels and your eating and your sleeping and, you know, your relationships, everything, right? So yes, walking alone isn't going to, but reading an article like this should never dissuade you from getting out and moving. Because one thing that I can say certainly is that you also won't lose weight healthily if you're not moving. So it's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the entire thing, yeah. right? It's it's just a part of the formula. And that's I do think that that's great that the research is coming out and saying, you know, six to 8,000 is much better because that can save people who don't have the time. I mean, getting that last, if you're going to 6,000, getting those last 4,000 steps to get to 10K, that could be like, hey, I have to find time after my kids are going to bed, go outside and walk for 40 minutes. Like some people don't have that time. So knowing that you can get the benefit should be reassuring to people. But, you know, if you're doing your walking and you're not seeing your goals or any like progression towards your goals, then it's time to start looking elsewhere. You know, what else am I doing that couldn't be? Maybe I'm walking more now, but now I'm hungrier because I'm walking more. And so now I eat more, right? So there's always going to be something. It's not just a one shoe fits yeah, all. Yeah, but I agree with you. It's, uh, unfortunately, people will read that headline and they'll think, oh yeah, walking doesn't matter. I don't have to walk. But, you know, and I don't think, I don't think it's a bad study, but again, I think that it sounds like it could have, it could have had a better control group, but people should just understand that walking is obviously good for you, but maybe you don't have True. to get and 12 the, yeah, yeah. And based on what you said too, I think any other age group would also be a much better, um, group to study. So yeah, maybe this, maybe we can look at this and say, yeah, this applies to female freshmen in college and like how many is that that's a pretty small population and it's you're never there for more than a year if you even decide to go so it's if you did 40 year olds and did this study and you had a control group or you know something else you know choose a sedentary job somebody that sits all day and then say you're our control group now take that same group of people and say now after work you guys have walked this number of steps and give them like a strict calorie intake or like a diet that they have to follow, mm -hmm. then you can actually see if there's any change or not, you know, because like you said, there's so many things that you have to take into account. I mean, even hormonally at that age that are going to affect the way that you lose or gain weight. So yeah, there's definitely more research that needs to be yeah. done. Whenever you're 19, you're a fucking tank. You can do whatever you want and your body's going to be probably fine. Right. So it's just hard for them to, it's hard for them to like make those conscious decisions to change their habits whenever they're like, Eat whatever I want. I'm just fine. Right? And now I'm 30 and I can't even lay down after I eat a piece of pizza because my GERD gets too bad. <laughs> Boils your insides. Uh, do you have anything else on that, on that story? No, no, I'm not going to rant anymore. So, but uh, another, another beautiful article by <laughs> BYU Cougars. Let's um, go. Z-Biotics. Are you tired of the negative effects that alcohol can have on your body the morning after? Do you wish there was still a way to enjoy some alcoholic beverages? Well, there just might be. Z-Biotics is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic drink that helps you break down and process alcohol without the negative side effects. It's like having a personal bodyguard for your gut. Z-Biotics is backed with over 10 billion CFUs of scientifically backed probiotics that work to optimize your body's natural alcohol processing capabilities. And it has added electrolytes and vitamins, which makes it the perfect drink to enjoy before a night out. I know for myself, it drastically improved the way that I felt waking up the next morning after having a few too many drinks with my friends. 
So why not give Zbiotics a try and experience the benefits of a healthier, happier gut? As a special offer for our listeners, you can go to zbiotics.com and use the code Dalton10 at checkout to get 10% off of your order. Again, that's zbiotics.com and use code Dalton10 for 10% off your first purchase of Zbiotics. Cheers to a healthier way to drink. Thank you, Purple Carrot, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Are you tired of the same old boring meals every week? Do you want to eat healthier but don't know where to start? Then it's time to try Purple Carrot. Purple Carrot is the plant-based meal kit company that makes it easy and delicious to eat more vegetables. With Purple Carrot, you'll receive weekly deliveries of pre-portioned ingredients and recipes that are designed to be easy to follow and delicious to eat. Each recipe is created by professional chefs and features fresh, seasonal ingredients that are packed with flavor and nutrition. And because all of their meals are plant-based, you can feel good about what you're eating and the impact it has on the environment. So why wait? Sign up for Purple Carrot today and start enjoying delicious, healthy meals that will make you feel great from the inside out. As a special offer for our listeners, by clicking the link in the description, you can get 30% off of your first three boxes. Again, just click the link in the description and you'll get 30% off your first three boxes with Purple Carrot. Eat responsibly. So the next one for me, I it kind of goes into our, our weight loss season. So I'm reading a book, reading a book now called Exercised by Daniel Lieberman. And I'm only a, a little ways through, but I have already started or in starting this book, I can tell you that I'm going to recommend this to everybody who is in athletics, who is a healthcare provider, or who cares about their health at all. And the reason being is because this sort of paints a very different picture from what we, and I'll say Americans, that's all I can relate to, but as we Americans view as like being healthy or being an athlete, um, living a long life. And what this book starts out with is giving a comparison to the extreme training of an Ironman to these tribal groups who are hunters and gatherers, right? And um, Ziggy, if you could look up for me the- That's actually super rare. It is, yeah. So um, if you could look up for me what, um, there's a tribe in Mexico, there's a book that's called uh, Born to Run, and they go and they look into, just put Born to Run, but it'll tell you what the, or sorry, Born to Run tribe. Uh, and basically, this Born to Run book is showing this tribe that's in Mexico who is known for barefoot running and they'll run like ultra marathons, you know, just barefoot without training. The Terahumara, that's who it is. Yeah, so the Terahumara in Mexico. And basically, quick summary of what the comparison was is saying that these people in Ironman, their training is absolutely insane. And these people are crawling across the finish line because of the damage that they do to their bodies. And they're training hours and hours and hours they're losing time with their family. They're, they're, you know, losing time from work and they're just so focused on this goal, which is great. If you want to do that, fantastic. But it's strange when you look at humans as a race, when you go back to, we were conserving energy to be able to farm, to be able to hunt, to be able to care for your family. And now we've been, you know, gifted this life that we can go train for four hours a day because we have the ability to, but it's just weird. Then you go do this event where you go and you, you do stuff for, you know, you do the running, swimming and biking for eight hours and you don't really see this across the timeline. And this, what they were, what they were comparing the Tiramara to is these people in the book, it's sort of misleading the born to run book. 
it's misleading because it kind of makes it seem like these people are out training and they're they're just really hard workers in terms of continuing to run. But whenever this guy with the exercise book goes down there and he interviews and he stays there for weeks, he finds out that they run these ultra marathons like once or twice a year. Well, they'll run hundred miles with absolutely no training. They don't, they don't go out. He, he literally asked one of the, one of the tribesmen, he's who was, who was a, one of the ultra marathon runners. They don't call it that, but it was one of the runners. And he goes, what's your training schedule look like? And the guy looked at him and goes, what? He didn't know what training meant. He didn't know what train means. Right. Yeah. And so he was like, Oh, you know, he gave an example people in America, if they're training for an Ironman, you know, they'll wake up at six and they'll go run 15 miles and then they'll do this. And he was just like, no, no, they don't do that. And so they sort of toured and hung out with him and figured out that what he does on a day-to-day -day basis is he works, he lives, he walks, he, he works in the yard. He's doing the farming. He's going and walking to businesses. He's in that tribe. They are much more active, of course, than we are in America. So they would, they would do uh, tests on them to see and count their steps. And they would see that on average, they were walking like 10, 12 miles a day, just walking, staying constantly moving, lifting heavy equipment, all of this stuff, they were doing everything by hand. And so what the theory is, is that these people aren't having to train necessarily for doing this because they are so active throughout their life and they can just on a dime go and run 70 miles twice, a, twice a year. And it's hell. Of course they don't, they're not superhuman, but they can still go from not running 70 miles at all to immediately go and run 70 miles, which for me, that was enlightening because I think too many people think they have to do too much. They think that in order to be healthy, I have to exercise in the gym for eight hours, eight hours a week. I've got to go walk for two hours in the morning. I've got to make my diet perfect. And it's just not the case. Like when you look at history and you look at how other people are doing, who maybe aren't in the such a sedentary lifestyle that we are in right now, a lot of the longevity and health is just movement. Like just being active and moving and taking a rest day is okay in walking more during that rest day, just having a naturally having more activity means way more than having the absolute perfect exercise regime. And so again, I, I recommend, and there's way more to the book, but it was just enlightening to realize that it doesn't have to be as crazy as we seem. And we see these triathletes as being like the epitome of health and like, Oh, they're so much better than me because they're doing all of this. Right. But one, they're damaging their body, which again is fine if that's your choice. But also for me, and I know I'm, I'm rambling, but for me, it, it made me a little bit more okay with taking a day off from quote unquote exercise to be able to run around with my kids a little bit more and throw them around in the air and throw shit to them and, and play and just like jump over the couch and physical activity and moving a lot but with my kids. So spending more like quality time right. with people you love and not having to be so like, I'm very type A about exercise and having to exercise every single day. And so that was a little bit of a relief to be able to see that I can, that, that, that doesn't have to be that way. You can be a little bit more fluent with your exercise and, and activity. I have somewhere I want to go with this, but first I have a question. Have you gotten into any data regarding their like demographics? For example, like, uh, is their life expectancy 
or like their average age? Is it a lot higher? Is there is there um, instance of any of these like comorbidities super low? So I don't know the answer to that. Um, at least in the book so far, they haven't mentioned specifically the you know mortality or health issues per se. Um, but they are on on average, they're a lot smaller humans. Um, you know, they said the average male down there is 115 pounds and the average female is 105 pounds, so just smaller people. Um, but, you know, I also feel like, I don't know what that data would say, but you would imagine these people are living off of the land. They don't have machinery. They do all of their farming by hand. So I don't know this for a fact, but I would imagine that the healthcare system is not as robust as it is here. So I don't know about infections and things that could take them out. Um, but it was interesting on that, on that point, you know, they did show that their resting stats are very similar to ours in terms of like how much calories they burn at rest, uh, how many calories they need, you know, percentage to their body weight is roughly what their, what ours is here, which just shows that it's really just about the activity that they're getting. It's not about specific like genes and things that they have. Lifestyle, yeah, exactly. It's just, right. it's just lifestyle. And we've gotten to the point where, as you said before, you can be inside, you can be on FaceTime, you can be on, you know, your computer all day doing work, and you don't have to walk. And so just enlightening and just saying, being able to get up and move more. And Absolutely. Well, I apologize for anyone who uh, wants to look into the book. I'm sorry that Dalton spoiled the first little bit of it. I'm sure there's much more to delve into. And that was Exercise by Andrew Lieberman. So check it out. We'll have a link to it in the show notes below. Um, I have a little social experiment that I want to try with you. And I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put myself on the spot too. And I think this will work out. And if it flops, we can blame me. And that's okay. There is a specific audience that we see we'll go back to home health. When I was working home health, there was a group of people, not like race or gender or anything, occupation, an occupational group that did much better than all the others. That it seemed like the ones who were healthier longer, there was an occupation that they almost always were. Don't say it. Can you think of, do you know what you would say? Hmm. Yeah, I do. I think I'm wrong, but I have a guess. Okay, on three, we're gonna say what occupation that is. Okay, I wanna, I wanna, just because we're talking about answer. the lifestyle. Can I change my answer? Now you're just putting too much thought into it. You, can, I mean, yeah, my, I don't know what your answer initial, is. So. <laughs> my initial gut, but uh, it was gonna be wrong. <clears throat> okay, I'm ready. Okay, do you know? All right, Ziggy, count us down. All right, one, two, three. Realtor. Farmers. Realtor. My first one was construction, dude, and I, I, I then I started picturing all the people that I've seen in construction on the side of the road, and I thought they're not healthy. <sighs> Farmer makes sense. Dude, farmers, yeah. ranchers, those guys who are out. The pressure got to me. The pressure got to machinery. me. I know it was, the social experiment failed. I'll take. I, I know better than to put you on the spot, but dude. It, Think about the farmers that yeah. you see. And yeah, some of them may be janky, like their joints hurt because they've been tossing around 120 pound hay bales their whole life. But like they're always up in their late 90s and they're just independent and they're just out mowing their lawn and shit. So yeah, it has everything to do with this lifestyle. And we've talked about it before and it's no different here. The more you move, the better you And they're, they're usually the know, people, the healthier they're usually the people that I see it in late 90s and early, or sorry, late 80s, early 90s or late 90s. Who are doing very well whenever you start asking them about their younger life. Like, oh yeah, I grew up on a farm, worked on a farm, 
Exactly. Then I got handed hand down to me, and I handed it down to my kids. And I just, they just, the thing is, though, also is that they just, they know what work is. They're not afraid to get out and work. Those farmers are like, yeah, I work 12 hour days every day. And it's just what I do. They don't complain about it. They just work. You know, and that's the thing is, is this that, it's that activity. They're not thinking about doing their 12 hours of farming and then going back and hitting the gym <clears> in the garage, right? Like they, exactly. They, they just sit back in their backhoe and they just fucking deadlift that thing. Yeah. Dude, they're just fucking grabbing, grabbing cows and just curling them. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's a lifestyle yeah. thing. And, uh, but I will say that I've <clears> never <throat> talked to a patient in their late nineties and said, you're so healthy. What did you do? And they said, I was a construction worker. Realtor. I was a realtor. <laughs> so yeah. shame I on know, you. I know. I let it get to me. Okay. Let's finish. Shame let's on finish you. the episode out with a little fun. Maybe another social experiment. I'm going to ask you. I love fun. You and Put myself, we're going to make a prediction. Okay. We're going to check okay. back. We're going to see if we were right. So okay. recent news, Elon and the Zuck cage fight, baby. Uh, they are cage fighting. Aliens versus lizard. And I don't know. One, while we're, while we're thinking and predicting Ziggy, I want you to, uh, Look up some stats for me. I want to see just height and weight because that's something that I thought about immediately. Like, I think Elon's got him on the height and the weight probably. But we've all seen the videos of Zuck in the gym throwing jabs, doing some throws. This guy's, I don't know what belt he is in jiu-jitsu, but. He actually won a tournament, I think, uh, a couple months ago. Must, so must Yeah, he don't uh, play around. So no one, no one wants to be the guy that beats the shit out of the billionaire, you know? What, what do you mean? They're both, I mean, okay, Zuck may not be. As, no, I'm not oh, talking about oh. Elon. I'm saying at the tournament, gotcha. he probably has security there. Okay. They have like a silencer pistol pointed so at them at all whenever times. This, um, whenever this article was posted, who knows? We got Elon Musk coming in at a good six foot two and 90 kilos, which puts him at like 195, 200 pounds roughly. For some reason, the third stat on there was saying his zodiac sign was he's a cancer. Um, six two. I didn't expect him to be that big. That yeah, matters. He's, he's tall. I know. Yeah, he's a yeah, big boy. Now, 200 pounds, okay. I think he has been bigger. So we've all seen that picture of him. Uh, loaded on the on the yacht, but uh, I think, dude, they both they both have really funny lake pictures because oh, there were Zucks pictures that yes. came out a couple years ago where he had the sunscreen that oh, wasn't soaked yeah, in. in in white face. Yeah. Okay, um, mm-hmm. all right, and we got Zuck. Ooh. Okay, that's oh no, we got, we got Zuck at an abysmal five foot seven and a half, and weighing in at sixty six kilos. Which if you can scroll down, I can't do that math as easy. Um, I did the math earlier. Let's go. That should be like one hundred sixty pounds ish. I mean, he's got, oh, go up, go up, 145 and a half. All right, that, oh, that makes it Even less. very difficult. But, okay, here's the deal, though. Jiu-jitsu, man. I doesn't matter say, how big you are. With the height advantage and the weight advantage of, of Musk, maybe, it, since he's not going to be as skilled, maybe it would be a, sort of a, a, an equal battle. My thing is, is I'm very confused at why they jumped straight to a cage fight. We all know about the celebrity boxing events that have been going around. I don't know why they jumped straight to a cage fight. Especially because they both have a lot to lose if they get fucking dinged in the head and slam their head off the side of the mat. But I'm going to watch it. I mean, and I hope it's not just all troll. I mean, yeah. Maybe I do hope it's all a troll. It is is getting a little excessive. And whenever I did see that, I thought, fuck, okay, I guess guess everybody's fighting now. But... Dude, I mean, the next thing it's going to be like our American presidential candidates are going to get into the ring with each other and like fight before the elections. I mean, it's just silly. And it's a Trump Biden boxing match. Who wouldn't pay for that? That'd be the pay-per-view of the year. I mean, the 
the good news is that whoever's the third runner-up would be the president because they both die <laughs> within the first they round. Would, Trump would have a heart attack and Maybe Biden do would just need someone and just start like, swinging on the ref and then everybody's holding back. Yeah, I did actually see a video just the other day of like there was some descendant of uh, John F. Kennedy who was like a, an older gentleman, but he was like doing backflips off of a boat into a into the water. And it's like, here's this guy. He's doing backflips and Biden can't even walk downstairs yeah. <laughs> or walk upstairs or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Thoughts. Okay. So yeah. Are, are we talking predictions? What do you, what do you got? Okay. I... I will say I am coming from a biased place just because I, I feel like I'm very, and I've never really been in like a physical altercation that's lasting longer than like 30 seconds, you know? So sometimes I look at these people, you know, like there's those fighters and they're like, you know, not the professional fighters, uh, professional fighters. It, that's, they are subject to that. But I see these amateurs that are, you know, five, six, 125 or like the wrestlers that's an even better one who are like down in like the featherweights like the 110s it's like i can't help but think that i can't help but think that maybe maybe i maybe like, i could like, i think i can pick them up maybe i, I could pick them up pretty easily and I, just kind of fold them could i beat you yeah, i don't know I knew, like i knew that's where you were going knew that's where you were going because as a bigger guy like and i i've said it before it's just like naturally you're a big dude what are you six four Six four, six, and four, I comfortably walk around two, like two twenty. Right, you're a big dude, right? So I think that whenever I growing up as a bigger person, and I was I was a lot bigger than I am now. But whenever you have those like little scuffles, interaction with smaller people, and you just are like, oh, I can throw this person around. You know, as a lineman, I was able to throw people around. You know, and that's a lot different now. But like whenever you're that weight, you just feel like, oh yeah, if somebody's like one thirty, they don't stand a chance, right? But then you, whenever you really like, you oh, that's what I'm saying. Then you look at it and you're like, I know for a fact, one of those women in the MMA who are 110 pounds could fucking wipe the floor with me. Like they would have me by the ankles, just wiping the blood off the floor with my face, completely dominating me. So I think, but if you're fucking, oh. if you're 220, like you said, if you're 220, Maybe it only takes – if you outweigh them by 80 pounds, I think you could get lucky, right? There's a way you can maybe get lucky. And so – but I think I know where you're going with this. You're going with Musk because well, of the weight advantage? That, well, now my – I didn't know. So Zane enlightened me on some stuff because I had no idea that Zuck was, like, out there winning tournaments and shit like that. I had seen videos of okay, training and but, stuff. But before, but before you say that, that is a massive – Yes, piece. but we don't know what these tournaments are. He could be a blue belt and be going to tournaments and winning yeah. a blue belt tournament, which is very different from going and being a black belt and winning, right? So I don't know. He does he's, look- He's fighting high school sophomores. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like, who wants to have to suck? And they're like, I don't know who that is, but I'll fight him. And everybody else is like, we're not touching that guy. Facebook? What's Facebook? Exactly. Yeah, those so are I don't know how skilled he is. He looks pretty good, but I would imagine if Musk, if they end up doing this, I would imagine he's gonna go do some training and stuff. He's probably not gonna show up. Yeah. You know? There is something to be said for technique. Like I used to always say, like when I was in high school, be like, I could go just play in the WNBA. But like I, I just growing up, I'm learning more. I know that that's probably not true, you know. So I think that there's something to be said about the training, unless Musk has been doing something behind the scenes that we don't know about, or if the fight is like over a year away, then maybe there's a chance. But as it stands right now, I gotta say that uh, Zuck's gotta be the 
the favorite, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, just to just to play the other side, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take Musk. That way we can have a good a good battle here because I actually, after talking out your side, I think I flipped and I maybe flipped you with my uh, with my explanation, or you said Ziggy did, but either way, I'm gonna go Musk, and and we'll we'll have to look back on this, and, and we can't change our can't change our views, so we'll see what happens. No, I will say I hope Musk wins, but just based on what also, I've seen, I will yeah. say. Let's give a, I don't know, we'll, we'll manifest this two years from now, whenever we're doing this full time, I am hundred percent going to find the, the top ranked high schooler wrestler at 115 and you two are fucking going at it. We're going to get a little side match. Okay. We're going to get a 115 top ranked in high school. We're going to get them to wrestle you and we're just going to see what happens. Okay. I think that would be amazing. I would love yeah, that. We could put it to the test. I, I need to, I need I need that in my life because I can't continue on with this mindset. I'm going to get, I'm going to fucking get killed. And you, somewhere. In, in this, this situation, this could be the moment that all big guys get humbled or they say, look, Corey walked in there, no wrestling training, whoop this 115 er and then it's going to elevate everybody. We may be creating some chaos. Yeah. Power to the big boys. Like, hey, you, an extra 20 pounds, you can handle whoever you want. If they're under 150, easy. Just fucking pick them up, you know. Why? Why are you fighting at one fifteen <laughs> five four when you could fight at one sixty five four? Just go to town. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I would do it because I just don't. I don't know what my capabilities are. I don't what fight, do you, and like maybe you and I should what fight. Do we do wrestling? No, you kick my ass. Uh, I don't know how to wrestle. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. Like, I don't in this example of fighting at one ten or a one fifteen, or I feel like wrestling probably the easiest way to go, but it's also. One of the more one of the more skilled things where you probably can't really get lucky. Um, but all I know is that my my cousin was a wrestler, wrestler, and he taught me a he taught me a move that they do called the butt driver, where you basically just guys will sneak their fingers in your butt. I don't know, honestly. As long as I can wear that little leotard that they wear when they're wrestling, I'll do anything. Would you, I'll box. I was gonna say, should we box or wrestle? What's the? I I think that I just don't have the technical skill for boxing. Yeah. I would have to train wrestling makes to sense. do that. So maybe wrestling? Yeah, I think it makes more sense. So we'll, we'll, we'll manifest it a couple of years from now. We'll, and if there's any high schoolers out there listening now and you're, you know, we'll take even like top top 15 in the state, you know, we'll take you and we'll, and we'll figure out, we'll get a wrestling event going. But yeah, we can, let's yeah. close out with that. Two, six, four, two, yeah, 20, get the stats. no get the fighting stats experience whatsoever. Zero for zero and just and waiting for a, you're, I, I want you to be the guy like that puts on his, on his record, like on his tombstone, that you were just zero, zero, and one. Like your one event that you ever did, you tied. Dude, if I got my ass kicked by someone that's 115 pounds, there's no way I would ever fight again anyways. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm not cut out right. for it at that and point. you it for all big guys. You know, you got to take your L's where they come. True. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can, I can respect. If I lose, fighting's not for me. And that's it. Um, yeah, I don't know. But also, something we didn't take into account was, we don't know what Zuckerberg's, uh, um, Zodiac sign is. We know that Musk oh, no, has it's, a cancer. It's here. I think you said it was Taurus. That's me. Oh, he's got that bowl. He's got that bowl in him, baby. I don't know. Yep, yeah, so for, for anyone that wants to wrestle, 6'4", 220, and I'm a Leo, <laughs> if that matters. Beautiful. Let's have Beautiful. it up. All right. Corey, always a pleasure. Ziggy, thanks for joining us today, brother. Had fun, had fun. All right. Toodaloo. Ta-da. Till next time, everybody. And uh, thank you for listening. Corey, have a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Master's territory. Enjoy. All right. Bye, everybody. Peace and love. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, if you enjoyed this episode, we would be so grateful if you could just hop on to Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and give us a five-star review. It really helps us out a lot. Also, check out our sponsors in the links provided in the description of the episode for some great discounts on products. If you want some short health tips and news sent to your inbox every week, do me a favor, jump on to healthybirds.org and sign up for our newsletter. If you have any questions, comments, or even complaints about my personality flaws, you can email me directly at dalton at healthybirds.org. We would love to connect with all of you. Until next time, be happy, be healthy.